Welcome to your Future Therapist podcast. Empower yourself with this free podcast for personal growth and well-being. Future therapist and life coach Kelly Newsom and co-host Megan Lachowski share honest, real-life stories to help others navigate life's challenges. Megan, today we're talking about accountability and how to apologize. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of experience in this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just really, you know, accountability obviously is really important. It's part of self-reflection and looking mm-hmm. at looking back and and identifying like what you're actually responsible for. So right. I, I kind of consider that like your emotions, your words, mm-hmm. your behaviors. And I also want to talk about maybe like the anatomy of an apology. Ooh, like that, that might idea. be, that might be on the fly a little bit, but mm-hmm. what's your experience with, you know, apol- like really good apologies. Have you ever had to give one or have been given one? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, one of the things that I've been thinking about in the past couple years is how to, whether it's apologize or something kind of similar and not have it be about you and have it actually be about the other person. And I think that sometimes that means not that you shouldn't apologize, but that the content of your apology should be different based on what you feel like it should be, because it's not about you. You're apologizing about another person or to another person about something about their, how they're feeling. But also there are times where it is pretty clear cut that you need to apologize because of, you know, your poor behavior or whatever. But anyways, that's just, um, that's just something I've been thinking about for a little while now is thinking about the other person when you're going into any type of conversation that might be a little bit difficult. Well, and I think we, uh, we, as people need to understand Mm -hmm. that there are things that we say and do that actually hurt other people. Mm -hmm. And even if the intent wasn't to hurt them, because we all bring experience, our own life experiences to the table, we internalize or react or take things on that people say in very different ways than maybe the intent that it was delivered. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think to your point of, it really is about the other person and how they feel. We do have to question ourselves. Yeah. You know, did you say things to hurt somebody like, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or do you want to like, do you want to drive home your point? Is that the point of your apology or is it to actually create dialogue so -hmm. that you can understand the other person better? Mm -hmm. Um, And really it's in that formal former, right. That we think that apologizing is, is our responsibility. Like it becomes your responsibility Mm -hmm. so that, so that you can actually, um, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of going back to past episodes, like breaking, you know, family ties and things where we've talked a lot about the separation of relationships, but the apology is actually trying to maintain or to deepen Mm -hmm. or to repair, you know, some of those relationships, because sometimes things happen and it's so incredibly hurtful that you can't come back. It's really difficult to come back from it. Mm-hmm. But if the person who was the one with the trans- transgression, then it's how how are you setting yourself up 
to care better for that person, right. That you, that you've wronged. And so I just think it's, um, yeah, I just want to talk about that today. Yeah. I like it. So I think the anatomy of an apology is one acknowledging and kind of like reflecting on your words and your actions and really the why of your apology. Like, what are you trying to get out of it? And hopefully, you know, you're going to get to the point where it's actually to care for that person, to acknowledge them, to, um, to, to help them to understand that you did the mistake is yours, right. And whether Mm -hmm. or not it's the tone or the words that you used or the action that you had. And so it's really, um, talking, let's see, I I'm actually made one note. So talk only about how you believe your behavior made them feel or acknowledge that they've, uh, what they've communicated to you. So if someone said, Hey, the way that you just talked to me, was really hurtful and you go and you just completely, um, what's it called? What, um, well, you ignore them and basically say, oh, you're being a baby. Mm-hmm. There's an the actual, gaslighter. thank you. Yeah. There's <laughs> gaslighting. Yes. And so, so that is something that you should be acknowledged. You should actually apologize because you've disregarded their, you know, their feelings in the situation and how they felt when you spoke to them. Mm-hmm. But I think that keeping the focus on them is critical as you were said earlier. So I wrote down, um, actually things that I have said, I've written apology letters, um, mm-hmm. because the person and I were not on speaking terms mm-hmm. verbally. <laughs> and so, um, I actually wrote a few of the sentences that I wanted to share. And it's not that I'm tooting my horn, that this is, um, the perfect apology. And actually the reason why I want to share it is because, it was really hard to say these words because, or to write them out, um, because I knew that even I felt, even though I felt that my apology was coming from my heart, I knew that it might not, it was likely not going to work. Yeah. And what I mean is not like I was manipulating them more that I, I just knew that it wouldn't be received. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it doesn't matter whether or not that person's going to be, re- be okay with the words that you're saying that might not happen, mm-hmm. but the fact that you've, um, taken accountability and responsibility for the way that I've acted, that's the part that makes me feel good. Right. Right. Um, you know, in, in those moments. So I just wanted to read a couple of sentences because I think that these are examples of how a person really can take it upon themselves for the actions and the words and what they've done. So, um, so this one is, it says, um, you know, I've been working hard to understand myself and the whys of my reaction to various situations. But when I reflect on our interactions, I can see how uncaring I was of what you were going through at the time. And so that's just an acknowledgement. Like I have work to do and I have Mm. been, and I acknowledge that I, I need to do that. And this is how I'm trying to prove like, okay, I I do now actually see how the way that I treated you at that time was very uncaring. 
Mm-hmm. Um, another one is, um, I know my reactions have created divide between us. And my hope is that as we interact in the future, that space lessens and, you know, becomes smaller. Um, and then the last one was, I'm, I'm so sorry that I did not make it easier on you to come to me for help, um, and, and understanding or just to vent. Mm-hmm. So this is just, obviously I'm the one apologizing to this person, but I'm trying to let them know, like, I get the role that I played mm-hmm. and that it wasn't nice and that I was not in a space that could receive you the way that you actually needed and should have been treated in that mm-hmm. moment. So I, I'm done talking for a second. How do you <laughs> feel? <laughs> no, what I are like your that. thoughts on it? I like the idea of breaking it down too, because that makes it it just makes it a little bit easier to swallow, I guess, when you're having to think about how to craft an apology to somebody or maybe determine if an apology that somebody is giving you is something that's going to actually help the situation. Um, but definitely focusing on us and, you know, what we are responsible for and what we can do. Um, I think it's important to look at all of those things that you mentioned, like the way that you wrote the apology is clear. It's like writing an essay almost Mm -hmm. like you're, you're hitting all of the points. You're not just saying like, sorry, um, you know, sorry, I messed up and we're sorry, I hurt you. Sorry, you were hurt by me or, you know, something that could be taken, um, uh, in a not very genuine way. So, yeah, I mean, I think being really clear about that and, you know, acknowledging too, because I think there's like a trope where it's like, oh, well, sorry that your feelings were hurt is like not a very genuine thing. And that might be true. And I, I think it's also it's also important, though, to be um, be honest about what you're apologizing for, because I think that there are times where, you know, maybe a friend or, you know, a family member, whoever, like they might be kind of irrationally upset at us or, or I shouldn't say irrationally, they might be projecting something that they are feeling something that's triggering for them that doesn't really have anything to do with you specifically, or maybe it has to do with you from a different type of situation. Either way, they're conflating the reason why they're upset, which could seem like you know, to you who needs to then apologize to them, it's kind of like, okay, but I mean, I'm not sorry for the way that I'm feeling about it. I'm sorry that I am hurting you. And so I think it's important to first first of all, like make that distinction and understand what are you actually apologizing for? What are you actually sorry for? And acknowledge that be explicit because I think it's easy to go way too far and to just apologize for everything. Right. And that you you're not even actually sorry you're just so used to saying sorry or or you've been told that you have to apologize for everything that you just naturally do that and so it's important to understand what it is you're actually apologizing for and what you should be apologizing for and then be explicit about that in your apology not in a bratty way um you know don't say like by the way I'm not sorry that <laughs> I feel this or whatever you know don't don't say something like that but um, but yeah, just be, and, and be, be mindful of how they are genuinely feeling and acknowledge that and acknowledge, just acknowledge, like sometimes that's all that a lot of times that's all that we're asking for. Well, like I don't, there are times when I look on, look back on 
so many different situations where I was upset about the way that somebody talked with me or treated me, whatever. I can think of like 10 right now, probably Mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with. And it just happens. That's how it is with human interaction. And I don't need an apology necessarily for a lot of those. It would just be nice if somebody was like, oh yeah, that was kind of shitty what I just did. Um, So, you know, I'm, you know, thanks for bringing it to my attention. Or I realized that, that, you know, that was bratty of me. I'm going to try to not do that moving forward. Perfect. I don't even Mm -hmm. need a full apology for it. So I think that that acknowledgement is also a very important part of you um, apologizing or coming back to the conversation and um, trying to mediate the situation and to resolve it. Yeah. I mean, and I think what you're also saying is it does come back to your emotions and words and behavior. Like we are responsible for that. Not Mm -hmm. all of those have to be part of the reason you're apologizing though. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think it's on one side, really important for you to understand, not you, Megan, but just a person to understand their reactions to, to whatever is happening, whatever experience is going on and how like their output, right. And Mm -hmm. you're, you like your emotions are real, like they're yours and, and they're valid. And the part that is, could be questionable is what, what is the output of those emotions, right? Like what behavior comes Mm -hmm. because of this, the emotions that you're having. And so if someone is saying like that really hurt my friends, or, you know, that it did, like if it's changed Mm -hmm. the dynamics of a relationship or the tension of the moment, like, you know, that something's not right. It's okay to acknowledge or to acknowledge like that is the emotion I had. And, Mm -hmm. and that you will likely have again, like this isn't something that you should be shamed for having the emotion. It's the behavior that should be really reviewed and talked about. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I mean, part of empathy is, or uh, compassion, sorry, and empathy is, is having the ability to recognize that somebody else has a need and it's different from what you're feeling and your needs and just acknowledging it, like you said, goes so far for people to feel seen and heard and recognized, Mm -hmm. right. For what they're feeling and going through. So Mm -hmm. it's just, I think, I don't know. I mean, I just think so many times, like just in, in partnerships or relationships, marriages, we get so comfortable that we don't, that things just get said so easily, you know, because those are the people that we are most closely related to. I mean, that day in and day out, we're with those people. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think, you know, that it makes me think about the way that I've, talk to John at times, you know, Mm -hmm. and where it's just, it's not fair and it's not okay. And there's still, you know, I, I just, he came to mind a lot as I was thinking about this episode, you know, and, and those kind of really close relationships like siblings. Oh my gosh. You know, sometimes siblings are the most brutal, you know, because of just (laughs) the family history and just how long you've known them. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just some of those close relationships still deserve to be treated um, with care and apologies are needed, even though they're your sister or your brother or your parent, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I find um, not like, not all the time, but 
there are plenty of times where I have been like, well, I'll say something snappy to my husband. And then like, after I, you know, chill out for a second, I'm like, that was so snappy. What I just said, like, I have a really sharp tongue when I, and I didn't need to in that moment. There are times where like, it is fine to snap at somebody based on whatever's happening. But, you know, I wouldn't talk to, I wouldn't say that same thing to you. You probably wouldn't do this, you know, we, I think also spouses, like, you know, maybe we get snappy with each other because the other person is also comfortable, Mm -hmm. too comfortable and might do something that like they know is making you feel like you need to get a sharp tongue back. Like they're kind of, we kind of look for a little bit of a sparring partner sometimes. So we, we as spouses, I think in general, we kind of egg each other on speaking to everybody here. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, there are plenty of times where I'm like, I did not need to have such a sharp tongue when I said that it, I'm, you know, I'm feeling prickly and I just responded in a prickly manner, but I don't necessarily need to, cause that's not going to solve anything. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that it's easy to get really comfortable and say something that you normally would not say because you just, you're like, well, I know that they're married to me, or I know that they're going to stay my sibling or they're my parents that like, none of us are going anywhere. So we can right. get away with saying something that's which is not so okay. unfair. I mean, it's because they're humans, that. right? Yes. They're people and they Why have feelings. That, yeah. And yeah. And so I, that's a great point. I just, I keep going back to, okay, like, I really want to impress upon people, like the emotions that you have are totally normal. Like, obviously, uh, you know, if you uh, snap to anger, that should be, I I think that, you know, anger is a natural emotion as well. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're a total hothead, like, I mean, there are some things that just set me off and I Mm -hmm. do have to look at that because it's not, it doesn't make me feel good. Like the output of those moments don't make me feel like me. And so it's, it's in those times, I think where reflection and kind of looking back at how, how you turn those emotions into behaviors or words that we share with others or talk to others. That's what I want people to focus on the accountability part. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we do, we have to start looking at the way that our emotions start to influence how we behave and um once you're able to understand those emotions and what the tendencies are for you to behave in right or or mm-hmm. i mean and this goes for this is beyond apology but i just always think about how i have been in the past an emotional eater right so mm-hmm. emotions happen and then i overeat or i binge and that kind of stuff so it's the binging that has to be looked at of how we're caring for that emotion right so it's the mm-hmm. same thing when we're dealing with people i mean if we're going to get upset at something and lash out we have to recognize that we're lashing out because we're not caring for those emotions in a healthy way. Right. And so that's that's the part that you have to be accountable for and responsible for. And so I think that it kind of goes back to what you were saying early earlier. I don't think people should uh, apologize for having the emotion. And I just mm-hmm. want, you know, because that's something internally that you have to reconcile with and work on and care for, mm-hmm. and then your output's going to improve based on how you're caring for yourself. But I think that's such a good way to put it, Kelly, where, um, 
like we're reacting negatively to a situation, not all the, not hundred percent of the time, but a lot of the time we are mm-hmm. reacting negatively to a situation because we're not caring for the emotions. And I think that that is such a good way to shift your perspective on, you know, maybe stop blaming the situation or blaming the other person, or I don't know, just to think about it differently about like, okay, what, what exactly about this situation is upsetting me is it this is it this is it this and a lot of times it's not what we think it is on the surface there's something else you know underlying that's going on and when you can shift your perspective and realize like what's the actual root of what is bothering me about this and how can how why do I feel like I'm missing that in my life why do I feel like I need to get upset about this and I mean, I have like a huge situation in my head that, um, that just like that comes to mind as I talk about this, where I, with a friend, I was, I had a sharp tongue and I was really like, um, hurtful with how I responded to something that they were doing that was upsetting me. And only after the fact, after, you know, I had it all blow up in my face and I kind of hurt them basically beyond repair at this point. I realized after that the way that I was responding was because of something way back from my childhood that I felt like I was missing. Like I needed to justify myself and my, my feelings. And, and it was just bringing everything back for me. And that's not to say that the other person had zero fault and it was only, you know, me going crazy, but it, it was definitely the way that I was responding was definitely because there was something underlying within me that I had no idea was truly affecting me and now I know (laughs) and it's a little too late unfortunately but that's kind of how how life goes sometimes you know that you can only do what you can do and now I know moving forward in situations like I can identify so much quicker when I start to you know my hackles get raised and I start to get really upset about something and I'm like oh okay this is that same thing this is that little piece within me that I need to care for in childhood Megan that is getting really concerned and upset about something. That's where that comes from. I don't need to get fully mad about that person necessarily doing that thing. This is coming from me. They might be doing something not totally okay, but really this is about me missing something within myself and I need to care for that. I love that. I mean, cause that is how you kind of like a full circle of how you then can start to have behaviors that meet you come back to who you really are. Right. Right. Like in that, that moment that you're talking about in the past, yeah, the driver for so much of the behavior is from something that you're, well, has been denied for so long. Right. Yes. And so once you can, you know, kind of untangle that denial and start to really face the realities of who you are in that moment, that's Mm -hmm. when you can start to work on the future. And like you said, I mean, that friendship or relationship may not, you know, have legs right now, but maybe, you know, hopefully as time goes on, you know, things will, will pan out differently because you're a different person. Right. 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 But I do think like, I, I, wrote down one, like I was trying to give instances like where, where somebody could take responsibility for something that they've said while also explaining where they're coming from. And I I wanted to give this example because sometimes it's 
it's not, the apology is not about you, but, (laughs) and this is a light, but (laughs) you can apologize, acknowledge that other person and take responsibility for what you did while also sharing like some vulnerability about why you did what you did. Right. And so this is not something I've said to somebody, and this is not something that has said to me, this is totally like, I was just thinking about things that people say. So (laughs) when I said you were lazy, it was unfair because I know you do a lot for us. And I let my anger get the best of me. And I was careless with my words. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I liked that example because obviously it acknowledges what you said to that person that's harmful and hurtful. It acknowledges that it's uncalled for. It was not fair because that person is actually the opposite of what you just called them Mm -hmm. while at the same time, acknowledging the anger, right? The emotion Mm -hmm. that you were having and, and how, you allowed that to completely overtake your senses mm-hmm. so that you just, you know, basically said whatever was coming to your mind, which this happens a lot. And especially yeah. in anger, right? People... I actually said something very similar to this to my husband the other really? day. Really? Yeah. Not, I didn't call him lazy, but right. it was a very similar thing where I, I told him like, I sometimes like, forget or I like stop realizing that this is actually how you're perceiving this situation and you know just an FYI I forget that and I'm acknowledging right now right (laughs) that I misrepresent the situation I guess yeah I mean yeah it's um but I just think you know if any if I could say this is what I want someone to come away from this episode is I mean, I guess deep down, it's a little bit beyond apologizing and it's more about accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Accountability encompasses identifying the emotions that you're having and understanding the behaviors that come from those emotions. And the only way to work back and to kind of reel back those behaviors is to kind of understand that, hey, maybe there's certain things that trigger certain emotions, you know, and then Mm -hmm. you can kind of figure out how not put yourself in that position. And Mm -hmm. it takes time, but I think that, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm realizing that this is more than just the, um, the apologizing part. Right. That's okay. Yeah. Anything else you have for the apologizing or the accountability part? I think that's off the top of my head. I feel like we could talk about this forever, but um, yeah, Yeah. jumping out right now. Yeah. I think we will come back to it because as, as we're talking about this, it is kind of morphing into multiple things, which I think any topic easily can do that. But this Mm -hmm. one in particular, I think we can circle back at a later time about, you know, I think even more about the apology and I really like the topic or the kind of version that you talked about. It's not everything is um, you know, worthy of an apology. Like it doesn't deserve, not everything deserves an apology mm-hmm. It's because sometimes we're going to make people uncomfortable with yeah. what our beliefs are or what we, you know, what we, um, 
how we view certain aspects of the world or how we view ourselves. Like, and some people may not like that, but that's not worth an apology, you know, to them for that. So I think that's another version of something that we can talk about, but Mm -hmm. let's move on to listener questions. I just have one. So this was on the episode of um, emotional uh, modalities. Um, and I laughed at this one. Can you mm. explain how astrology has helped you? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, okay. So Megan, do you use astrology at all in any of your healing or questioning or reflection? I would answer that with no, with how you phrased it. Um, I will, I have, I love looking at like memes of astrology stuff on Instagram because I think that they're hilarious Mm -hmm. and like videos and stuff that people post so I'm not I don't at all think that it has nothing to do with how the world works I don't particularly like um you know horoscope stuff or any type of um, categorizing, like identifying with a category and having that be an explanation for all of your behavior, whether it's your Zodiac sign or anything at all, any type of personality test, anything like that. So so offended right now. I know, (laughs) but what I, um, but what is fun for me is like when I, kind of every once in a while it's like every like month or so I'll go down a little bit of a rabbit hole like on an Instagram like zodiac meme page and I'll just like look at a whole bunch of them and just like cackle and there are so many that are very spot on for me and I think very spot on for other people who fall within my my astrology and Mm -hmm. so I think that it's fun to have a sense of like um kind of community building with it and to like and have fun with it and to have some sorts of explanations for some things but not be the only thing that you rely on for me that's how I feel about it so then I'm now going to pass it on to you because I know that you um have gone much deeper with it before and so um, I want to you know now it's your time to talk yeah no I yeah I mean I think that um well I'll tell you I mean it's not that my family grew up like religious, but I do remember growing up and for whatever reason, wanting to turn back to the back of a magazine and reading the, you know, the horoscope of the month and, or in the newspaper, there was like a daily horoscope. And I was always drawn to that. Have no idea mm-hmm. why. I did I love that was. when I was younger, by yeah. the way, whenever I oh, would yeah. see those, uh, I loved those. Teen, yeah. What was the magazine that I would, anyway, there was some teen magazine that I subscribed Tiger to. Beat. Maybe. I don't know if Tiger Beat had a horoscope in the back, but I don't think I was Vogue. Like, but anyway, they were like maybe Teen Magazine. I don't know. So I think uh, I was naturally just drawn to the idea of it, not having any idea. But I do remember being told that you should not, that's evil. You should not you know, read your horoscope. And that made me even more interested in it, of course. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't um, until um, actually my daughter got into it, heavily into it. I mean, she knows all of our signs and planets, like she's memorized it for my Mm -hmm. son and my husband and myself. And I think even for a couple of grandparents. And um, so how I, how it has helped me is to just, it's like a different perspective. I don't put a lot of weight into now. 
if, let me just back up by saying I have friends that are very much into this. And mm-hmm. I would say my daughter is very much into this. And some friends um, actually, you know, they're, they do certain things at certain points of the year because the planets line up and the astrology lines up to when it's, um, I guess, uh, right. You know, it's like the season to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe that I believe that that's, um, for them, that that is how, uh, it works for them in their, their kind of perspective for me right. personally, I use it as a tool to help me to reflect on what is actually going on at a, Mm. at any moment in time. So, um, I don't know, you know, I'll just recommend the Chani app at C H A N I, Mm -hmm. um, Chani Nicholas is her name and she's um, an astrologer, very famous, you know, Mm -hmm. by the way, if you want to know more about how I would love to run a business, go to research Chani Nicholas and how her and her wife manage their two corporations. And that is Mm -hmm. like my dream um, Mm -hmm. scenario. So anyway, (laughs) so how I use it, I mean, obviously I tie, you know, heavily to my being a Scorpio and that whole darkness and kind of, you know, behind the scenes and intuition and connection with the underworld. I mean, I have always felt that, um, I have always connected with that, but back to the question, how does astrology help me? Like I said, I just use it as kind of like a prompt, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you, if you do writing prompts, I use astrology like a prompt, Mm -hmm. And it may cause me to look more deeply into it at that time, but on a daily basis, I'm not judging how I'm going to live my life based on what my astrology uh, says for, um, for the day. Now, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year, I do look at the entire year um, and And I will kind of try to navigate some of my bigger decisions that I know that need to be made based on some astrology. But if it doesn't work out because of how life pans out during that time, I don't hold myself or think that I've lost the window of opportunity. Um, But I just look at it like if things are really tough or something's happening, I will go to the astrology app and do some research, look at my houses, look at where planets and and the houses, my moon, um, and of course my rising, which is, so if you want to know, I'm a sun, Scorpio, moon, Capricorn, and a rising Gemini. And so I do look at all of those. And, um, and another part that I, how it actually has helped me is there is a running theme through my astrology about charisma and that I could, it's funny because it says that I could sell a broken wand to a wizard, <laughs> which makes me laugh. That's so, so cute. That's yeah. the idea that, that I could basically can, you know, with my charisma, I could basically mm-hmm. sell anything I wanted to. I personally do not feel like that is with you're very. Me. You're very charismatic. You're not a salesperson, but you're, you are very, very delightful to be around. And everybody I know who knows you says the same thing. So Kelly, if I was a wizard, you could tell me a broken (laughs) one. 
Thank you, Megan. You've totally <laughs> acknowledged that side of me. So I, but so I have been pondering this. So this is how yeah. it has helped me because I have been thinking like, well, at first, when I first read that, I'm like, that's a freaking lie. And mm -hmm. that's not true. And, but the thing is, is that when you look at astrology and really anything, there are, um, I'm just going to say like levels of vibration or energy. Right. And so mm -hmm. like, if you think about the Scorpio, you can live on a low vibrational plane of what that Scorpio, you know, kind of like they're what they are or who they mm -hmm. are um, or the characteristics, or you can kind of live on the higher end of that and all the good qualities. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's with absolutely anything, but since we're talking about astrology. So when I looked at that, the idea that that I'm supposed to be charismatic and I just could not see that as myself. I did think about, well, maybe I've been living or viewing myself on a very low vibrational uh, space with that word, right? Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't identify with it. And so I actually have been kind of working on that word and how it relates to me and what it actually means to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how astrology... <laughs> Has helped me. I don't know if that's a good enough answer for the question person who answered or asked like, the question, but I like that though. Like, um, using it as a, um, I already forgot the word the that prompt. you said. Thought prompt. Yes, I mm -hmm. like the idea of using it as a prompt. Um, and I think that it not just astrology. I think anything where you're kind of categorizing yourself and looking like seeking out answers for something or a way to get a different perspective on you and your personality. I think there's lots of personality tests that can provide the same mm -hmm. sort of comfort and perspective shift. I think it's really, really, really important to kind of explore all of those. I encourage everyone to explore all sorts of like different avenues of how to, how to categorize themselves and how to look at themselves in different contexts and stuff. Um, and then take from it, like what makes sense, you know, I think that I think that's important that you shouldn't get so bogged down with one way to look at yourself and use that as an excuse for all behavior. You know, I think that that's yes. not necessarily healthy to do that no matter what it is. But um, I think using astrology as a prompt, um, I love, uh, I love that way to look at it. And um, I'm curious if um, people who are astrology people listening, I'm curious if you if people want to guess what my um, what my, uh, what are they houses? No, sun, moon, my sun and rising and rising. If people want to guess what they are before I reveal That'd them, be... I don't know how exciting that is for people. Oh, but... I mean, anyone who likes astrology loves that because it's yeah, like true. a, it is well to your point, And I wanted, it was part of like upcoming episodes when we talk a little bit about that, but it's labels. I want to talk about, yeah how labels define us and the lengths to which we buy into them really. Mm -hmm. And, and astrology is part of that, right? Like that Scorpio trope is, is exactly that you can die by it, or you can take all the good things that you like about it and connect with and, and work to live in that high vibrational or energetic area that mm -hmm. exemplifies it. Right. Right. So, yeah. So what do you know your sun, moon, and, oh, say it. Okay. My uh, sun is Sagittarius and my moon is Aquarius. And then Kelly, do you want to guess what my rising sign is? 
gosh, is it Scorp- Scorpio? No, no, it's Leo. Oh, Leo. Oh, yeah. Wait, your rising is Leo? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh Am gosh. I saying it right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can... Your birthday, your birth date one is, is your son. Your son. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, my rising is Leo. When oh. I found that out, I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, yeah. yes. No, John's son is Leo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I thought I thought I love that question. Um, yeah. Okay, so too. I want to share a review. Okay. So this is cute. This is from Ashley. It says, I'm not even super into podcasts, <laughs> but you both did such a great job. We felt like you were talking directly to our personal life situations. Mm-hmm. And That's I love cute. that because I really do feel like we are just talking a lot about our lives or our experiences. Mm-hmm. And we just know that other people, we're not alone in that. Right. In those experiences. Literally why we started this podcast, because you and I had conversations like this all the time and we Mm -hmm. still do. And we said, we're not the only ones that are going through all of this stuff and are thinking about this. And so, yeah, I'm glad that it's um, working out for people. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I appreciate (laughs) you. Okay. So that's it for today. And um, thank you. We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Future Therapist podcast. If you'd like to reach co-hosts Kelly Newsom and Megan Lachowski, feel free to text them at 530-733-6400 or reach them by email at yourfuturetherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can also slide into their DMs on Instagram, handle at yourfuturetherapist underscore pod. Make sure to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review on any of the streaming platforms you listen to this podcast on.